three, two, one. Okay, welcome everyone to the fourth episode of Chris and Troy Do a Podcast. We are both really looking forward to this episode. It's slightly different from where we left off. I know last time we were speaking about the progression of my business, but now we're just going to pause and we are actually going to talk about productivity and daily routine today because I know that's quite an important topic to most business or all business owners and entrepreneurs. And with me, I have my good friend, Troy, once again, and I know he's got a lot of inputs and experience with uh, discussions around this, around productivity and how to keep up the momentum during the day. So my first, firstly, welcome, Troy. I'm glad to have you uh, or speak to you again with our fourth episode. So thanks for the first, the first question I'm going to start off with is, you wake up and you know that you've got a busy day ahead of you. What's your first step? What's your go-to breakfast, your go-to exercise? How do you kick the day off successfully? Okay, thanks. Good question. Um, so excited to be here and talking about productivity and time management is one of my favorite subjects and the most important subject for an entrepreneur. And it's what I spend the majority of my time coaching my clients on. Okay, so um, I guess I'll start. I love the question. So I'll start by talking about my routine and what, what I do. And then I'll branch out into, um, yeah, we're, we're talking about this in general and how it can be approached for people to maximize it for their lives. So for me personally, I aim to get nine to 10 hours sleep. It is, I'm obsessed with that. Um, I've noticed when I even get eight and a half hours sleep, which I know for so many people, especially in the corporate world, is like a luxury. Um, I function so much lower than, than I know I can, than I know what my potential is. And so I try to get nine to 10 hours. So I make sure I get to sleep at nine, latest, latest, latest 10. And I, so I wake up between eight and 10. And when I wake up, I... I start by stretching. I have a 20 to 30 minute stretch routine. I used to have lower back problems. And then I went to, an, um, to a doctor and he was telling me about uh, stretching in the muscles and I was learning more about that. And I'm quite physical and active. So um, I found it was, it was really, really worth it to start investing and spending time every morning doing that. So I have a whole stretching routine and then I uh, usually meditate for 10 to 30 minutes. Um, I used to be very big into meditation and, and all that stuff, and it's hugely beneficial. And I love how it's not even woo-woo anymore. Like the best CEOs in the world and the best entrepreneurs are all talking about meditation. And that's been really exciting to see that everyone sees the benefit. And so for my meditation, I used to do Headspace. Headspace is an amazing app that will walk you through meditation. It's so, so great. Okay. Um, but, but now I do it by myself. I just set a timer on my phone for 10 or 12 minutes. And I just sit there and go through a process, which is just basically staring at something and just breathing and seeing how long I can focus on my breath for. And then at some point, I'll feel like closing my eyes and I close my eyes and just breathe and watch my thoughts kind of go by. And I find it's such a good practice because uh, me, I, I think like every entrepreneur in the world, uh, we have so many thoughts all the time. And so it's great to begin my day by seeing all these thoughts and not just grabbing onto every single one. And that's what meditation does. When you sit there and try focus on your breath um, as long as you can, and then when you lose your concentration and you start thinking all these other things, and then you realize that you've been thinking about all this stuff, like what you're going to do that day or problems you have or things you're excited about. And then you come back to thinking about your breath. 
That's just building your attention muscle. That's just building your ability to recognize, oh, I don't have to grab onto every thought I have. Like I can be, for an example, for me, I could be nervous about a meeting that I have in three days time. And I'm always going to be nervous about that meeting when I think about it. So it's a great practice. When I start the morning, I start getting nervous and then I come back to my breath. It's fascinating because when I come back to my breath, I'm more calm and I'm more still. And that's a nice reminder at the beginning in the morning is that there can be these scary things that I'm nervous about, but I only start to feel physically bad and negative about these things when I'm thinking about them. So I do a little bit of meditation and then I will, I do intermittent fasting. So I don't eat for the first, usually I go about 16, 14 to 16 hours without eating before dinner the night before. And so I will make myself a cup of decaf coffee. (laughs) I love this. I'm I'm painting such a funny picture of myself. So um, (laughs) I drink decaf coffee. I love coffee so much. And I'm all for placebo. Like placebo is my go-to. If I can can eat a bar that's really healthy, but my brain thinks it's getting a bunch of sugar and it's excited, for me, that's a win-win. Um, and it's the same with um, with non-alcoholic drinks. I don't really drink much and I don't really like non-alcoholic drinks. But if you drink them and it makes you feel like a bit fuzzy and you feel excited and it's just placebo, <laughs> to me, that's amazing. So I love coffee, but it makes me very anxious. It makes it very difficult for me to concentrate. And again, mm-hmm. I'm not, I would say I'm about 60, 70% efficiency um, and focused when I drink coffee and I like to be at 90 or 100 as much as I can, which I'm sure we're going to talk about how to get there. So that's why I drink decaf. I drink decaf so that it doesn't affect me nearly as much physiologically. But in my head, I kind of feel like, ooh, coffee, I'm all excited. I'm buzzing. Um, So (laughs) I will drink a cup of coffee and then I'll sit down and at my desk and begin my day. And the beginning of my day and on my calendar every single day that I've made a repeating reminder, so it's for the next years and years and years, Um, there's two questions. One is what are my three main focuses today? And the other is, is how could, okay. It's the other, I don't have my computer sitting around in front of me and I'm thinking what I've just changed it because I just recently changed them. So the one is, okay, what are the three best things that could happen today? And that helps me set up my three focuses. And then the other is, what is a habit I would like to begin today? And I'm sure we're going to start talking about habits, but at the beginning of every day, I write down. Um, what is the three main focuses and then what are the is the new habit I would like to do and the habit contains five different things and there's a cue and then a behavior and then other things that we're going to talk about soon but in those I'd like to to write down what I would like to do today so for example I am someone who sits down on my pc and make sure I focus on the most difficult tasks first and then I write out a habit cue to follow that and then I begin work. That was longer than I expected. <laughs> you paint. You definitely painted a very good picture of what your morning looks like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's very interesting. There's a couple of things um, that I find similar to my routine in the morning. Um, like I have to, like I got a very, before I sit down in front of my computer and start working, like there's just some things like I have to do, um, like, for example, I need to, I mean, I don't meditate, but I do read. So I generally read for about 20 minutes, half an hour. Um, and then after that, I'll do like maybe 10 minutes of exercise. So I'll do like a couple of push-ups. Then I'll go have breakfast. 
and then I'll sit down with my cup of coffee in front of my computer and then I'll also tackle my most challenging analytical task first because I know that's when my concentration, like fresh in the morning with my cup of coffee, mine isn't decaf, mine's like fully caffeinated. <laughs> so, um, and it's normally a big cup in the morning. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I, similar to you, like I have quite a, a lengthy routine, like which probably is probably about a good hour, sometimes even an hour and a half um, before I actually sit down in front of my computer. Because then I feel like, now I'm focused and ready to work. Like before I I established this routine, like this morning routine, there were times where I, I slipped into a very bad routine where sometimes I would, I, I knew that I had a massive day in front of me, a lot of deliverables and some meetings um, scattered throughout the day. And I would wake up and immediately before anything else, go to my computer, dive into my emails, that would overwhelm me. And it would just go a little bit pear-shaped from there. So it's, I know it's such a common discussion, like uh, even with my team, you know, when we meet on a weekly basis, we sometimes just talk about morning routine. It's just interesting to hear that everyone has like their own routines and things that they need to do in the morning. That's kind of like sacred to them. Um, So yeah, I mean, it's interesting to to hear what your morning consists of. I love that. I love that you're saying that because it's so true. It's when you take the time to do whatever it is for you. And I think everyone, like you say, builds out their own unique routine. It's it makes yeah. such a difference in how prepared you are to tackle what you're doing that day. It really makes all the difference. And you see a big commonality yeah. with many, many successful people, especially successful business people. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I find um, for me, it's those days, if as long as I stick to my routine and have a good breakfast and make time for reading, just to take my mind things, mind off things, um, you know, I also find and I might be jumping in a bit ahead in the conversation now, but like taking a lunch break, even if it's just half an hour, like I find like for me going to gym um, is does amazing things, like midday does amazing things for my productivity in the afternoon, and as long as I stick to that. You know, I, I sometimes I have a massive day in front of me and it just seems like I've got a mountain to climb. But those I normally find are the um, most successful days in terms of, you know, keeping it up and um, the product, the productivity up. Um, it's, and I do notice um, like a decline in efficiency and productivity if I don't stick to, you know, like the my normal routine, like not having breakfast, not taking a break and things like that, or just diving straight into work and feeling a bit overwhelmed. So that's yes. very interesting. That's so important that you mentioned that, especially with the afternoon. And what you're doing is just repeatedly making sure that you're investing time for yourself. And it's such yeah. a hard, when people think about productivity, which I guess we can go into right now. So productivity and what we're talking about, essentially, there's so many different definitions and so many different ways that people try and understand it. And there's a very bad uh, thinking or, or belief about this, I think, in the corporate world where productivity is do as much as you can all the time. And that type of thinking is so dangerous. And I say dangerous because if I know many of my friends and many of my clients were working in the corporate world and, and there's nothing wrong with the corporate world, but many of them want to move into a place where they have, they have freedom of their own time and financial freedom. And freedom yes. of your own time and financial freedom is very often unlikely to come from your corporate job, even in the C-suite, yeah. like even in people very high up. Um, 
because I mean, there's so many reasons about that. But so many people, they desire creating their own freedom of time for themselves and freedom financially. And that's often to do with either doing a side hustle or starting a business uh, and going full time into that. And so when it comes to productivity, when starting your own business, as so many entrepreneurs realize, and, and Chris, what we spoke about our last episodes and we'll carry on mm. talking about is yeah. what do you do with your time? How do you decide what to do? And the corporate environment very much teaches people to, to do as much as you can all the time. And the problem with that is you're not flexing your muscle of first deciding what the most important thing to do is and then moving forward. You're very much um, following the agenda of someone else or following the agenda yeah. that other people have done. And that's, very, that's why so many people who go straight from the corporate world into starting their own business, they struggle because it's so difficult where all of a sudden you need to make so many decisions on a daily basis and you need to be deciding what's more important. So I guess from the yeah. outset, it's important to analyze that or recognize that productivity is actually getting done what you intended to get done. So this is the core yeah. of productivity is actually doing what you intended to get done. And this raises the perfect question and the most important question. What do you intend to get done? So when we're talking about productivity, it is so much more important that you have decided what the most important thing to do today is than mm -hmm. just jumping in and doing as much as possible. It, this is such yeah. an important difference. No, absolutely. 100% agree with you. Um, and yeah, I mean, what I do is I, I have... I have daily goals and weekly goals and monthly goals. So basically I kind of just reverse that. So I'll have my monthly goals and how do I, what do I need to do weekly in order to achieve that? And what do I need to do daily in order to achieve that? Um, and so, and I always, for, for me, I have to write those daily goals in the form of like a to-do list, like the night before. So I know going into the next day, what I have to do. And if I tick that off, during like by the end of the day then i can say i've been productive um but it's very different to what you know when i first started working um with the company that i work for it was cool let's how can i um increase my rate of work to turn out as much articles or deliverables as possible during the week and impress through that way but it, it's so important just to decide what is important for you and to get done um, within a working day. So, Amazing. yeah, I love it. I love that you went there and, 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 and spoke about how important it is to have set up or to reverse engineer the goals that you're doing as opposed to when you're just doing yeah. as much as you can all the time. Okay. So that's, that's so perfect. And that, that kind of sets me up to talk about the main thing that I want to talk about. So what we're talking about here, the only reason people talk about time management and talk about productivity is because they want to succeed, okay? So it's the yeah, only exactly. reason why it's important because people want to succeed. Now, success, especially in business, is all about consistency. Like that's all it is. When you succeed, if someone succeeds to become a professional athlete, the only reason they became that way is because of years of consistency. It's the only way. And there's so many people who say, talk about um, people are naturally talented and they can just naturally get there. All you need to do is just read Mindset by the psychologist Carol Dweck and you will realize immediately that that's absolutely not true. That no one gets to that level without massive amounts of effort day in and day out. 
So when it comes to business, entrepreneurship, look at any any successful business that exists today. They have been doing what they needed to do for days, weeks, months, and years. It's that consistency of carrying on and trying and everything we've spoke about in our chats before about what you need to do. It's all about consistency because we talk about something and then you try something and something doesn't work and something else works. And then you carry on trying over and over again. If at any yeah. point you just stop, you are not going to be successful. So yeah. it's really important for anyone to understand if you want to be successful at anything, it's all about consistency. Okay. So consistency, and this is a program that I have for my clients is an eight week program. And it focuses just on this, that if you want to be successful, no matter what you're doing, it's about consistency. And there is a formula for consistency. Mm -hmm. And the formula goes like this. You need your vision, then you need a roadmap, and then you need productivity. Okay. So and I'm leading to this because you were just kind of explaining these things, which is so amazing to see, which is so great to see that that you're moving forward and you're making such great progress. And it's it's no coincidence that you are also following this formula, whether you recognize it or not. So the I first that down now. <laughs> great. OK, so the first core part is the vision. OK, because remember, we've got three parts, vision, roadmap, productivity. It doesn't matter how good your roadmap is. And how amazingly efficient your productivity is if you are going in the opposite direction to where you want to go. Mm. So your vision is absolutely vital. So first, figuring out your vision. This is what I work on with, with CEOs and to lawyers, to athletes, to entrepreneurs. What is the vision? And that's what you were talking about now. You've reverse engineered, right? So you said I have my monthly and then I go weekly and then I can work out what I'm going to do every day. So that's exactly it. That's your vision. So first, mm. people need to sit okay. down and say, in a year's time, what would I like to accomplish? In a year's time, what would I like to accomplish? Now, this one, you're aiming to just write as much as you can. Just as long as you can, this list can be infinite. Okay. So you work yeah. on that. So you write down for 15 to 30 minutes. You've just written all the things you would like to accomplish. Okay. And so let's take for an example so I can so I can coast this all with an example. Let's say an entrepreneur. So someone wants to either start a business or um, grow their existing business. So 12 months time, what is everything you would like to accomplish with this business? Then from that 12-month list, you say in six months time, what do I realistically think I could accomplish? So you're taking this long list that you have this 12 months and you're taking it down to just a few items that you think you can accomplish within the next six months. So now once you've got that six months, now you can use that six months to create something that we call a vision statement. Your vision statement is a statement containing three segments. The first segment is what you would like to achieve, your core business objective. The second statement is how you would like to feel while pursuing this objective. Massively important. And the third statement is how you would like to impact others while you're doing this and once you achieve this. Okay, so this is a vision statement. And a vision statement is important because as we were going to chat about how to do exactly what you're doing, essentially, Chris, to get your daily tasks, how to know what the most important thing is to do. First, we have this vision statement that will continually, every single week, tell us if we're going in the right direction. So you had your 12 months, then you took it down to six months, and then you had your vision statement. So now you've done your vision statement, and you know, okay, I want to X, Y, Z. 
That's the first part of your vision statement. I want to achieve this and this and this for my business. I want to feel like this and like this and like this while trying to achieve this. And by achieving this, I am going to impact people like this. Very important. Once you have okay. a clear vision statement, you are ridiculously motivated. And it's not like the woo-woo motivation, like everything will be fine. And I've worked with so many people who felt at the beginning like motivation is crap. And lots of people say that. And David Goggins has written a great book about why motivation doesn't work. And I do understand it. But when you're trying to do something very difficult, when you're trying to become a professional athlete, um, become the best employee in your current company, make that C-suite position or start a new business. When you're trying to do these very difficult things, you need a North Star. You need a guiding light, something that you can look to and in a split second can remind you why you're doing this. And I'm not saying you're going to look at it and you're going to feel like, okay, this is all easy, but just watch the difference it makes in your life when you can actually refer back to something that reminds you immediately why you're doing this. And it's something that shows you what you're going for, trying to achieve with your business and how you're trying to feel about yourself while doing it. For example, mine that's been for so long, and this updates every six months, and mine continues being the way I want to feel is 80% of the time, I want to feel happy, lucky, and proud to be doing what I'm doing. Just that sentence has like changed the last two years of my life. It made such a massive impact because it completely guides everything I do. So you've got your vision statement, okay? The core driving statement. From that, you can now work on and you can reverse engineer what you need to be doing on a daily basis in order to get there. So you do that by saying, what are my three months, what I want to achieve in three months and what I want to achieve in one month. This is the so, roadmap now. This is the roadmap, exactly. Okay. So we have okay. our vision and our vision now blends, well said, blends into the roadmap. And so when we've got our roadmap, we go, what do I want to achieve in three months? Then what do I want to achieve in one month? Okay, so we've got those two. Very, very important. And we don't need to look mm -hmm. any further than that. Then we say, what do I need to achieve next week in order to make progress towards my one month goal? And I say okay. goal, but it can be goals. It can be multiple. Okay, so now you've taken it. You've got a three month what you want to achieve in three months, what you want to achieve in one month, and what you want to do next week in order to move towards this. So this yeah. now, it's not a magic bullet. All this is happening now, and, and people listening to this is not very effective. Like, it's just interesting listening to this. But doing it is transformational. And I've seen this with all of my clients over and over and over again. That what's happening now is you are dedicating this time. So let's say an hour and a half. You are sitting down and for an hour and a half thinking, what am I going to do? What do I want to achieve in three months? What do I want to achieve in one month? And what can I do next week? Doing that is so, so, so vital because you start to draw a clear map of what you need to be doing. Yes. Okay. So once you're there and I'm skipping over a few sets and I'm thinking now because I want to branch out into more different things about productivity now. But I think in the future, especially if we get feedback that this was interesting for people, let us know if you found this interesting and I can take us through this whole thing, which is called the take action system. So it's the system take of action. compiling your every, your, how to find out what to do in order to be most productive and how to best create a roadmap to, um, to succeed. 
Okay, so that's the full take action system. But the basic summary is what I've given you right now. What's your what's your vision statement? Then what's your three month, one month um, goals? Then what can you do next week in order to achieve those goals? So that's a very basic thing that anyone can do now. And we'll have another chat another time about all of the different details that that are involved in there. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I've actually just literally just drawn out a whole diagram, like just as we've been speaking. <laughs> okay, amazing. So I think next time, well, not next time, as soon as we get any feedback, um, let us know if you like this. And I will do a whole session just on the take action system. I think okay, this so, is amazing. Okay, so we let's go back to our formula. Remember, if you want to succeed at anything, anything in the entire world, you need consistency. It's all about consistency. Can you do that thing? for a long period of time, at least a few times a week, okay? Can you do that? That will That's absolutely gonna depict whether you're successful or not, and whether it's in business or anything else. So we had vision, roadmap, productivity. So the vision we know is the vision statement, our North Star, the thing that guides us and gives us direction. The roadmap is how we use that vision to depict what should I be doing next week? What is the exact thing I need to be doing? to move towards my vision, okay? And then we come to the last and very, very crucial part, which is productivity, or also known as execution, right? So we had vision, then our roadmap, then the execution. And so we, we have this whole plan, we know where we wanna go, now how do we actually do this? And most people, I think most popular entrepreneurs, especially people like Gary Vaynerchuk, um, their biggest criticism towards coaches and people setting goals and things like that is there's a lack of action, okay? So lack of execution, lack of action, you're not going to get anything done. I think it's the biggest, there's books like The Secret and um, uh, Positive Thinking and all of that. The biggest rap it gets is about not taking action. And so obviously yeah. it's very true. If you don't take action, nothing will happen. But if you don't set any goals or set any visions, you could also end up going around in circles. So really these yeah. things coexist okay. in the world together and none of them, you should always have all three. You should be thinking long term and thinking about your vision, and you should be planning your road trip. Uh, your road trip would be even better. Road trip, <laughs> better than, yeah. That's What's your road super. trip to get to your success? Yeah, <laughs> for December exactly. Okay, so thinking about your roadmap, and then it comes down to your execution and productivity. So, yeah. productivity, my favorite subject in the whole entire world. So we said already that it's getting done what you intended to get done, okay? And I'm stealing that from a from a guy called Chris Bailey who wrote The Productivity Project. Great, great, great. Okay. And uh, so what is productivity? And this is my formula for being actually being productive. How do you actually raise your productivity? I have a formula, of course. <laughs> so productivity involves three things, self-belief, procrastination and habits, okay? These are the foundations for productivity. Show me anyone who is highly productive and I will show you someone who has self-belief, they have very, very good habits that they've set in place and they have their own techniques for how they overcome procrastination. So let's go through each of these. So, okay. so self-belief, first of all, you can't, no matter what vision you have set, no matter what roadmap you have, if you get up and sit down at your desk and you tell yourself, I suck, I cannot do this, I know I'm going to fail. No matter what your vision is, no matter what your roadmap is, you will not succeed. Mm -hmm. There's no ways you will possibly succeed. 
Okay. Yeah. And it's logical when we look at it like that. And everyone in the world would agree with that statement, I think. But what's funny yeah. is it's so much more difficult to see this happening. And it's happening to billions of people every single day, all the time. 100% of my clients who are extremely high achievers, whether they are lawyers or professional athletes or people who have started a business or C-suite, they are all extremely high achievers. They all struggle with this part. They all struggle with self-belief. And it's been what they say, the number one thing they had to work on in order to give them their success. So when we talk about self-belief, someone who has high self-belief means that they, okay, so people think that self, high self-belief people are different to other people, but it's not true mm. at all. Self, the difference between people with high self-belief is that they choose to believe the thoughts that support them and they choose to ignore the thoughts that are hostile. Okay. So, supportive and hostile beliefs. Humans, it was shown, in, I think the National Science Foundation did a study in which we have 12 to 60,000 thoughts per day. Okay, so humans in general, 12 to 60,000 <laughs> thoughts per day. Then there was another study by Robert Leary of, I, I don't have it in front of me, but I'm going to say Cornell University, did a study and he found that 80% of the thoughts that people have are negative. Yeah. So we have 12 to 60,000 thoughts and 80% of those are negative. So this gives us a really good understanding that we are just built this way. And there is a whole backstory that I'm not going to go into why, but it's so fascinating. I think we could have an, another whole session just in self-belief on why do we think this way. So there's a reason. You have something called the amygdala, and it is making you think negative stuff. It is making you focus on negative more than the positive all the time. And it's a part of you because it's how we survived. It's the thing that was like, oh, my God, there's a lion. I need to run away now. Now we live in a concrete world where there are no more well, for most of us, there are not those dangers in the wild, yet our brains are still completely wired to <laughs> heighten and be very, very sensitive to anything negative, okay? Anything negative means we might die, therefore we should focus more on anything negative. That's what our brains are doing all the time. Now, if you haven't trained yourself to have high self-belief, if you haven't trained yourself and practiced for hours and hours, days and weeks and years to recognize the difference between hostile and, self and, and supportive beliefs, if you have not trained yourself, I guarantee you that you are going to be more negative than positive. I guarantee you that you're going to look for problems more than you look for solutions. I guarantee you that life is going to be more difficult for you than you believe it is for other people around you. And this is not by yeah, accident. This is because yeah. this is because you are focusing always on the negative and you haven't trained yourself to look different. So a way that I developed to help my um, clients develop this thing is supportive versus hostile beliefs. So you've got so many thoughts every day and some of them are going to be supportive. Supportive meaning they're going to help you achieve what you want to achieve. And some of them are going to be hostile. Hostile meaning they are going to not help you achieve what you're trying to achieve. They're going to make yeah. it difficult for you. Supportive thoughts are things like, I can do this. Um, I know I have what it takes to do this. Or let's say you fail a test. Supportive thought is, I failed because I didn't work hard enough. All I have to do 
is work a little bit harder and I'm going to pass this test. That's supportive. Hostile yeah. is extremely negative. So hostile is I suck. I can't do this. Hostile is when you fail a test and you tell yourself, I failed because I'm stupid and I'm never going to pass this test and I should give up this dream right now. That's a hostile thought. Now, yeah. we have all of them all the time. We have supportive and hostile thoughts. So we need to train ourselves first to notice them and second to choose which we believe in. Does that make sense? Um, absolutely. I've got a question, but so how do you change someone's uh, perception um, or when they do have a hostile thought that's completely block the, blocking them from achieving a task or tackling something? How do you guide them through that? Okay. So do you mean, is it like a general reoccurring thing? Or do you mean if someone's sitting to do like a task in the, during their job and they, like a, yeah, they stop job, doing job. Or they're trying to learn something and they go, I, I just cannot do this. Like, it's just not within my capability. Um, uh, yeah, because, I mean, I've dealt with quite a lot of people that have had that sort of unfortunate uh, mindset at times. And it's, you know, it's I, I don't have the coaching background um, and the understanding between it. I mean, I, I do now have it going through this conversation, but the understanding previously between a hostile and a supportive thought so how do you tackle that someone with that mindset and try veer them towards more of a supportive thought process or mindset okay amazing question so the first thing is and we haven't got onto it yet but i'm sure we will if not next time i'm realizing this could be so many of our sessions so so habits firstly habits is a very important thing so you need to recognize let's say you are the coach in the situation okay and this is a great question because i can use the example so you're a, you're a leader any type of leadership position and you have someone else who you can see is clearly believing in their hostile thoughts and telling themselves that they are not able to do this so they have low self belief in this moment the first thing you need to understand as a leader is this thing, they've been doing this for a very long time. So because they've been doing this for a very long time, it is not going to change immediately. Meaning that no matter what you say to them, if you say something that makes them feel better in the moment, they are still going to go back to feeling like that another time. So as yeah. a leader, it's very important for you to, whatever you're going to say to them, and whatever you're going to teach them, you are not trying to solve that problem for them in the moment. This is very important because even if you say the right things in order to solve it, they will go back to that thinking again. So what you need to do is start helping them asking the right questions. So mm. they need to, a successful situation like that, and I'll get back to, there are, there are actual techniques and I'm going to go through them about how to actually help them get through that in the moment. But just on a side, that's much more important, especially because you mentioned the coaching background. This is the difference between someone giving good advice and someone coaching. Someone giving good advice tells someone else how to solve the problem. That's not helpful because the person is going to revert to their same habit next time. Okay. They're going to they're going to think negatively the next time, even no matter what you say. There is no ways that you can change their whole entire belief for the long term in that moment. Okay. So what you need to do is help them start understanding what's happening. So in that situation, let's say someone says, There's no ways I can do this, I just can't do this, it's not happening. Here yeah. are some examples of how you can help them. Number one. 
is there a time, and this is asking the person, is there a time in the past where you felt like something was unachievable and you ended up achieving it? It's mm, a very good question. So you're asking them, is, do they have evidence in their life where they felt like something was too difficult to overcome, yet they overcame it? Every human being yeah. in the world will have an example of this. So asking them that question is so much more powerful than saying, all you need to do is just think more supportively and think, more, uh, think less hostile. Hostile and supportive yeah. is very good, but they need to learn it. In a, they can't learn it in the time when they're having a crisis, which is why I asked you to give me an example of the situation we're talking about. So in the moment when you want to help people, ask them of a time where they thought something was difficult to overcome, but they overcame it. As soon as they answer and they give you an example about why they overcame it, ask them, how did you overcome that? Even though it seemed impossible. Yeah. Whatever their answer is, reflect it back to them and say, try that again now. Yeah. So yeah, when they're nice. talking about, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So you need to, and you can see how the difference between coaching and advice is here. Because the coaching yeah. is you're trying to open up the possibility with them, within them to solve their own problem. And so by asking this question, they are going to reflect. Now, obviously, I can imagine people listening saying like, yeah, but that doesn't apply to everything, blah, 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 blah. It's true. So, but I mean, any kind, do you have any examples in mind? Did any doubts come up in your mind? Um, like a scenario that's specific to me. Yeah, I mean, if it's helpful, sure. Yeah, I can go straight back to the conversation that we had last week with the development of the website. Okay, tell me. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, there's, there's things that, there's um, parts of the website or the web development that like, I would try it over and over and over again. I would, it, my, my mindset would start off with being like, oh, I'm so looking forward to this and just creating like my own website and using some of my design skills and, you know, my web development knowledge. And then I, tuck into it and you know it's a week later and you know maybe like the logo just doesn't fit properly and i just end up saying to myself like this is this is draining me like i just cannot finish this and that is a hostile thought um um so i mean that's an example i could draw to if that's relevant to the discussion. Yeah, sure. I mean, I thought it was going to be something when you're talking with the other designer, but this is even better with yourself because we deal with most issues by ourselves. So in that situation, you, you need to recognize that you need to move forward. Forward motion mm -hmm. is the thing you need, okay? Consistency requires forward motion. So yeah. in that situation, it's a little bit different than the example we spoke about because you are continually trying to do this thing that you know is draining you. Yeah. 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 So, so that's more of the bigger problem. Like, for example, um, if you fall down and, and hurt your knee, it's not about saying like, oh, I just have to focus. I just have to think like my knee doesn't hurt. Let's say it's like cut open and it's bloody and everywhere. And you're like, no, just think it doesn't hurt and it'll go away. That's what people are like into positive thinking, right? And I agree with no. that. <laughs> so it's the same with supportive, supportive and hostile thoughts. If something yeah. crappy is happening over and over again, it's not about pretending that things are going well or pretending things are okay. And so I say this because 
you have recognized that this thing is draining your energy. And if anyone, yeah. the professional world, says the word draining energy, I know immediately you should not be doing this task. You yeah. should be looking for a way to delegate this task. And yeah. even when people like the biggest excuse is I don't have any money to do that. I can't get someone to do that. I mean, if you've got enough money to eat out twice a week, you have enough money to pay a freelancer to do something for very cheap. Like there are yeah. so many, there are people in other countries like India or like the Philippines where, and lots of people look down on this, but it's a lot of money for them. And I, I've been to India, like like 10 euros yeah. where I am, live in Italy is not a lot of money. 10 euros where I go to India is a lot of money. So you can find people who you could pay maybe 50 euros or something to create something. It's a lot of money for them. So you can get quality work. So this is why your example is a little different because if I liken it to the example that we had, if you have an employee who is continually feeling drained by the thing they're doing and you know that they are, they are able to do this, but they just keep bringing themselves down. Then it gets to a point where perhaps they're doing something that is not fulfilling them. And I think that's what's happening. Um, that could yeah. be what's happening with you, but it's a bit fluffier than that because it's also what we're talking about your perfectionism. So yeah, let's say you are my client and you said, there's no ways I'm delegating this website. I'm doing this website myself. Okay. The next thing I would say to you is what does complete look like? Yeah. Yeah, it's your vision of being complete, and I think that's what I I had the problem with, like the 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 website is I didn't actually ha I kind of just left the vision open ended, <laughs> and worked on it to kind of play around with the design until I what I thought was when I was going to be happy with it. Um, so and that and I think that's what my biggest problem with the website was is that I didn't have like. Um, an image or a picture in my mind of what I wanted it to look like. I didn't visually map it out on a piece of paper or design it beforehand. I had no vision. And this is why I was always unsatisfied with it. Um, but yeah, like as a side note, I have delegated it now to someone. Okay. That's perfect. <laughs> okay. That's amazing. That's amazing to hear. So <laughs> delegating it is the right move, is without a doubt the right move. Okay. And so if we go back to the example of when you're leading with someone or leading someone else or someone else is on your team, that when you're talking to them, you want to open up the possibility in them to overcome that situation themselves. Okay. That's when you're going to completely transform people. So let's say you, you ask them that and you ask them to think about a situation and they think about a situation where they have overcome something in the past. What's going to happen is they've released a lot of stress. So in the moment then, they're going to become more upbeat in the large majority of the cases. And they'll say like, okay, cool, I can try that. So that's how you deal, I would say, uh, how you correctly lead a crisis situation. You're also communicating um, subliminally to them that you care more about their own progress and their own growth than the results that they're trying to achieve. So this is the classic managerial thing. When someone is angry yeah. about the results or just tells them how to solve the problem so that they get the results, you're not helping anyone. Like this does not help. You're not building an effective team. So that's on one side. Then the other side is, let's say it's not a crisis situation. 
you definitely want to educate everyone about supportive and hostile thoughts, and you want to give them exercises to start practicing their hostile thoughts. And that's what I was going to go to earlier. So how to practice your hostile thoughts. Anytime, okay, think of a time in the last week where you were nervous or stressed or anxious. Okay, anytime in the last week. Anytime. Anytime in the last week when you that. And you don't have to tell us, just tell me when you've got it. Yeah, I've got it. Okay. <laughs> now, you sit down, and you don't have to do this now. You can, though, but I'm not going to run through because there's lots of other stuff I want to talk about now. But you can sit down with that, get out a notepad or get out a digital pad, whatever you prefer writing on. Write down all the hostile thoughts that came to your mind when you felt nervous, anxious, or stressed. Okay? okay. And so you write these down, and it can be unlimited. This is the first half of practicing, of training. You've just trained yourself to become better at self-belief. You've just trained yourself to have higher self-belief. Why? Because you are looking and starting to understand the hostile thoughts you have. And the best thing about thoughts is they are not real. The yeah. moment any human being acknowledges the fact that their thoughts are not real, their life changes. So you want to look at all those thoughts, okay? Write all the hostile ones down. Now, next step. On the other side of the piece of paper or the digital pad below it or whatever, write down an equal number. So let's say you had four hostile thoughts or eight hostile thoughts or 10 hostile thoughts that you wrote down. Now write an e in that equal number supportive thoughts. Okay. So let's say I said hostile thoughts. I said I suck. I can't do this. I'm going to fail like I failed before and people are going to laugh at me after I do this. Okay. I've got all these and I say, well, that's so funny. Isn't that so funny that that's what I'm thinking? Um, and that's completely making it almost impossible to achieve what I want to achieve. And yeah. so you can have a little moment of realizing that human beings are ridiculous. And, and we, are, we, we require <laughs> so much evolution to get through this um, and train our mind. So you write those down. You say, okay, that's crazy. Well, um, that's not very helpful. And then on the other side, I write down hostile thoughts. So I go four hostile thoughts. Now, your hostile thoughts can be anything that you know is true. Anything that you know is true. So I'm not going to say um, um, supportive thought. Sorry, I think I just said hostile, but I meant supportive thought. Supportive thought meaning anything that you know is true. So I'm not going to write down, okay, uh, I've got to write down four hostile, four supportive thoughts now. So I'm six feet tall and I have a Mercedes Benz. No, this is, they have to be something real. Okay. So my supportive mm. thoughts, I can say, um, what I, I love that I'm very, I'm tenacious, that I always try and try over and over again. I know that if I try work harder, I can succeed in this. I have succeeded in difficult problems in the past. And um, the people who love me say I'm really good at this. It can yeah. be anything. These are random and quite bad examples, but it can be anything supportive. Absolutely yeah, anything. Okay, good. So you write down all the supportive thoughts. All you need to do now is reflect on this exercise. So you do this, and this can take as long or as short as you want. You can take five minutes to do this. You can take two hours to do this. Both will be helpful. And when you've done this, then you reflect on how do I feel now? How did I feel once I started looking at supportive thoughts? How do I feel identifying my hostile thoughts? All you need to do is just a little ponder about it because that ponder is building your skill to see this in the future. Does it make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. 
So I instruct my clients to so do this. It becomes like a habit. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So I instruct my clients to do this at least seven times a week. At least mm -hmm. seven times a week. So you can do this both retrospectively, so looking back at a time you were anxious and then doing it, but you can also do it in the moment. And that's when it becomes insanely powerful. When in the moment you feel super, super stressed or super anxious and you train yourself to step out of it, like, for example, if I was, I didn't do this when I was working in London in a big corporate office, but I wish I did. I would have loved to at a time when I get super stressed, but I know there wasn't huge time pressure. I would have taken five minutes, taken my notebook and gone outside, go sit in the park that was close to my office and then write down all the hostile thoughts I have. And on the other side of the page, write down all the support, the supportive thoughts to balance them out and then reflect on how I feel and go back inside. If you can start doing this in the moment, this will transform your productivity. Yeah, so, I think that's incredible. Amazing. I'm glad. So self-belief. I'll go back to what I, the statement I made at the beginning. People with high self-belief are no different. They are, they are, they're not born with lucky genes or they are just, they just um, are better at how they deal with stuff or just like it was luck or it came that way. The only difference between someone with high and low self-belief is the thoughts you choose to believe. Yeah. So someone with extremely high self-belief, look at like an actor or a, a, an athlete or anyone in your personal life, anyone listening, but where you think, wow, they've got such high self-belief. They still have the exact same number of negative thoughts as you do. The difference yeah. is they don't grab wide. onto them. Yeah. Exactly. It's how we wired. It's natural. So the difference is that they don't hold on to all their hostile beliefs. They hold on to their supportive beliefs. And that's why you see them as a result. You see this confident person who believes that they can do it because they've held on to the supportive beliefs, not the hostile beliefs. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Awesome. And so yeah. many high achievers talk about it's all about your mindset. The most important thing is your mindset. And if you read any literature on how to succeed in sports or business or anything else, um, music or any, any field, they talk about your mindset. This is what they're talking about. That do you have the ability I, to believe your thoughts yeah. supportable in your hostile? Sorry, go for it. And, and no, what I love, just to like jump in and what I love about this discussion is that throughout this whole thing about, about identifying hostile thoughts and supportive thoughts is that the fact that you don't ignore the hostile thoughts because it's something that's going to feature. It's how we wired, but it's how we manage them. And I think it's learning how to manage that and balancing it out with the, the supportive thoughts, which is so vital. Because it's it's you it's and, and this is also what you mentioned earlier, like the whole. I mean, I've been to a lot of these positive mindset seminars, and you get these crazy good motivational speakers, and you feel so elevated afterwards. Um, but at the end of the day, you you are going to have conflicting and you know hostile thoughts that you have to manage. It's the reality of how we wired and they're there. So yeah, uh, this is why I love about this this conversation that we're having. Yes, that's awesome. Okay, so I think the core thing we've spoken about here is consistency and how success is consistency. Uh, it's such such a bit of important concept, and consistency means. You have your vision and your roadmap and your productivity wrapped up. You know you can do these well. So we've spoken a little bit about our vision and a little bit about our roadmap and a tiny bit of productivity. So remember in productivity, there are three aspects. 
we've spoken about the first one, self-belief, okay? Oh, we've spoken about yes. how to identify supportive and hostile beliefs, uh, thoughts, and then use this to get better. Use this to build your self-belief. So this is that's an exercise that everyone should start practicing immediately. That's just one aspect of productivity. The other two are procrastination and habits. So I think what we can do, Chris, I think we can extend this and have a few series in which next time we could talk all yep. about procrastination and habits. Then we could go on to doing the roadmap in detail and then just going further yep. and further and further, especially if people find this valuable. What do you think? Absolutely. I'm very interested to chat about creating good habits and procrastination. That's something <laughs> I think that everyone's very familiar with, whether you're a student or a business owner or an employee procrastination is part of your life or what has been at, at some stage. So I, that's like definitely an hour episode right there. Creating good habits. That's an hour episode right there. <laughs> so, okay. I love it. Yeah. So like let's wrap this up now because it's people have got something so concrete to work on. So self-belief is the core of what we're working on. Did you have yeah. any questions or wanted to say, add anything before we wrap up? No, I think, you know, like I it, I went into, um, you know, this episode with it kind of, um, you know, I, I, when you speak about daily routine and productivity, it, it, as you mentioned, it does mean something completely different to everyone. And it's nice to define it because when something's defined, then it's easier to to look at. And, um, you know, as you put it into a formula, it's so interesting to see that, you know, I've, I mean, I've been doing like this whole thing of like yearly goals and then monthly goals and weekly goals and to put it related to this formula of having a vision and roadmap and productivity because I've never actually drawn it out and connected it to a formula like this. And to, to look at each one of these individual components, like the visual, the vision, um, you know, with, with its three parts, what would I like to achieve? How would you like to feel? And, how would it uh, you like to make how would it, um others how, how would you like to make others feel it's so interesting how you've broken it down into its components and i don't think people have or many do actually think about it um to in such detail and to such an extent and in its individual components when you speak about its vision the roadmap and then looking at the three components of productivity in itself so yeah, we could definitely continue this um, conversation um, and look at good building good habits and procrastination. Um, and I'm so glad we did the, this episode on productivity and routine. <laughs> so awesome. yeah, yeah, thank you so much for such a um, yeah an en enriching discussion. It was incredible. My pleasure. Thank you for the great questions. And yeah, cool. I'm excited. And if anyone and found any value in yeah, and if anyone found any value in this, in the self-belief talk, just wait till we talk about habits and procrastination. Like, it's next level. It, I've seen the yep. most incredible things happen in the lives of my clients when we start approaching this. So I'm really excited yeah. to talk about the next one. Thanks very much, Chris. And it's so interesting. Just to, to add on to that, like, if you, I mean, I, mean, I, I read a lot of um, books by... Um, you know, entrepreneurs and business leaders like Robin Sharma and um, Tim Ferriss, oh, uh, you know, just to name a few. And this, the interesting habits of, if you read one of Tim Ferriss's book, it's called, I think it's called the, the Tools of Titans. 
mm-hmm. um, or tribe. No, it's called Tribe of Mentors, and the, he basically asks a bunch of successful people a bunch of questions like, "What are your weird habits?" And you read some of the most bizarre things. But it's so interesting that some of these leaders, what they do on a daily basis, it's and uh, that's yeah. So I'm looking forward to that discussion. <laughs> Amazing, awesome. I look forward to it, buddy. Okay. Thanks so much for the episode. I hope everyone enjoyed our fourth episode on productivity. And I hope you look forward to continue, continuing the conversation with us. Um, so we will definitely continue the conversation around productivity and consistency and building good habits. So you can look forward to that. And we'll also continue uh, the discussion around the progression around um, my business development and um, where Troy is at in his development and what he's doing. So you'll get to know us very well over the next couple of episodes. <laughs> Thank you so much, dude. Fantastic. Thank you, Chris. Have a good day.